this episode of the Highlander Podcast, we talk to Troy Oldham, race director for the Logan Marathon. We discuss what it's like to plan a race in its first year and the impact of outdoor events. All right. Welcome to the Highlander Podcast. I'm Nate. I'm Chase. And we have Troy Oldham, race director for the Logan Marathon. Yeah, thanks for having me today. Appreciate you being here. Yeah, so do you mind just telling us a little bit about the Logan Marathon? For a lot of people, this is this is new. First year. Yeah, it's very right? new. It, it, it's new, and, and it's not. So um, the origin of the event, and, and we're trying to, you know, from a branding perspective, and just so people kind of know that uh, it's out there, it's kind of like branding is like a top of Utah traditional event, right? So um, we, uh, our organization, um, um, have purchased the to- the tour the top of Utah Marathon, um, and uh, after 20 years of it being just a super successful marathon, we thought that there was an opportunity to change the course a little bit. The the top of Utah half is a very successful event and has been over the course of the last probably eight to ten years, and so um, we. Uh, we thought it might be a great opportunity to change the course up a little bit. So the, t- the, top, the top of Utah Marathon is now the Logan City Marathon. Um, Logan City was one of the only uh, major municipalities in the state that didn't have its own name marathon. And they've been super great to talk to and work with. And um, Logan Downtown Alliance is like a super partner as far as like, hey, we would love to have this event here and be a part of downtown. And so um, we've kind of rebranded it. But... It's the same weekend, so it's September 21st, and just to always be the same. And we're gonna do make a few changes to it to make it uh, um, a little easier, a little sa- safer. Um, it will be probably one of the flattest marathons anywhere. I think there's 100 feet of elevation in the entire 26.2 miles. Um, we won't have a half marathon because we don't want to compete with the top of Utah half, but we will have a two-person relay. Just so happens that Menden and the course we've laid out is exactly 13.1 miles to that really great park and, um, you know, handoff transition area. So um, we will start uh, in downtown Logan. And I don't know if you're familiar with the other event we do, which is the Cash Grand Fonda. We've been doing that for nine years, and we usually close off a city block um, and bring in vendors and bring in restaurants and bring in, you know, a, a great finish line atmosphere that's fun and festive. And, and so that's what we're going to do with this event. And um, we're going to actually have it on Center Street. This year we can't because there's a construction project. I mean, talk about ti- terrible right. planning, right, and timing. But um, we'll just move it to First North, and then we'll move it back to Center. But um, normally with the Grand Fonda, we have we have lunch lunch places that will come, and the riders are, can have a have a, a lunch from one of those five or six vendors. Center Street is perfect because there's all these great breakfast venues, so we'll do right. a free brunch for any of the riders. So. You know they'll be able to get a sandwich or pancakes or waffles or crepes and things like that. So um, we're going to have to figure out how how to work that out. But um, so we'll have that as our start and finish. Um, we'll start as the sun crests the very top of the Wasatch Mountains. It'll, I think it's like 702 is what it's forecasted for. So riders will run um, in. Uh, they'll be able to sleep in a little bit because um, because with the tor- top of Utah you actually get bust to the top of uh, Blacksmith Fort Canyon. Um, so you just get out from your hotel room, walk across the finish line, and, and go, um, and then come back to that same location. Like I said, it's super flat. And, and the other cool thing, too, that we discovered is we're kind of trying to map it out. You're running next to golf courses and river trails and, um, and very, little, uh, very little bit of running in neighborhoods or um, 
in in kind of unsafe areas. So uh, the and the the venue's be- beautiful. I mean, you run next to Buffalo, and you run by you know wetlands, and you run next to uh, dairy farms, and um, and really relatively untrafficked roads um, for most of the marathon. So yeah, what are some of kind of take us through the? So you start downtown Logan, mm-hmm. kind of loop through the. So we're going to use um, that beautiful center street. You know, it's a big wide street. The trees that kind of make a nice little tunnel. Um, we'll do a, a one mile, a five k, a ten k, the relay, and then a full marathon. So one mile is down to Cafe Sabor and back, and five k. There's a great five k course that's already been mapped out in in um, in Logan City around uh, uh, Willow Park. So we'll just tie into that. They'll come around. They'll get to run in the park and then by the park. 10K also, there's a similar one on the 10K. Just put them over on the river trail and bring them back in. And then that the marathon and the relay will go out to Menden. The turn will be in Menden and they'll come back. And, and then when they finish, they come back into Logan, they'll finish on Center Street and... Um, You'll be able to see the finish line as you make the turn, and um, and then you'll just come into the finish, and um, that's where the festivities will be. And um, Ultra Shoes is doing a runners festival on half of the street, so it'll be just set up really just for the, kind of the running crowd, and then the other part will be vendors booths, and then everyone that comes in will get a, a brunch, and they can pick where they go. So Waffle Iron or um, Stacked or Great Harvest or any of those. It's awesome. Sounds like a yeah. beautiful course. Yeah. yeah, I think so. So whenever you're starting something new, it's I mean, that's just an uphill battle just to let people know, yeah. you know, raise awareness. Probably would have been easy to just stick with Top of Utah brand. What is that like building a new brand around a marathon and, and what's the response been? Yeah, um, mixed. I mean, just anytime you change. Right. Um, and but the conversation usually goes like this, like we love that event. Why would you ever change it? You're coming out of Blacksmith Fork. It's beautiful. And then I'll usually say, when was the last time you ran it? Oh, back in 2003. And I said, why? He says, well, because we wanted to try, we want to try the one in American Fork. We want to try the one. I said, well, then we're just going to give you another one to try. And if you love Blacksmith Fork, do not miss the half marathon. That is still a course. But give us a try. You know, give us a go, too. And the conversation usually goes, oh, yeah, okay, we'll do that. You know, it's hard for people to let go of something, especially after 20 years. Um, but most people didn't know there was a half marathon as well, and it was earlier in the season. So my hope is the half picks up. We don't own it, but they've been great to work with us, and we want them to, to be successful. But then having this relay in there, it also gives another opportunity that if you're not quite ready for a full marathon, like you and I, I mean, we can go ch- share that. I'll run out to Menden and tag your hand, and you come back. You that's know? cool. And that, that's, that's kind of a new trend, I think, that's, that, that you're seeing more of, like, I want to share my marathon distance. Um, and so uh, for us, branding it to a Logan City, I think, is really important. Um, I mean, this is it's kind of the flagship city of our, of our valley. People know it, um, especially when you're coming from out of, the, out of the area. They know Logan more than they'll know Cash. They'll come here, do the event. Then they'll get what Cash Valley's about, you know, and, and the connection. Um, ironically, we've had a lot more riders than we expected registering from outside of Cache Valley, um, which means I hope more people from Cache Valley will, as we get closer, will kind of want to sign up and, and jump in. Um, one of the tough things is getting this course certified. Um, one of the things about Top of Utah that really was a big appeal was it was a Boston qualifier. Um, and so having to qualify a new course is tough, and it takes a while. And we're working on it right now, but I can't, 
I, I'm not even supposed to say that that we're working on it, you know, because I don't want to give any false pretense that if we do get it. Um, but I'm also understanding that it just needs to be certified, and so we're we're having we're working through that. Um, my hope is that the sponsors who have been sponsors before want to be a, participate, and, and all the ones we've talked to all seem to be very keen on being a part of it. Um, but I also have this other group of sponsors that have really benefited from the, their connection with the Grand Fondo. So I'm going to see if we can get more people involved. And that gives us more prizes and more gifts and more rider, rider um, uh, benefits and better food and, you know, those kind of things. So um, that's one thing that we kind of learned with the Grand Fondo. We want to we transfer it to this event. Um, and it doesn't mean that it hasn't been done already. It's not, you know, the, the, the top of Utah hasn't had this. But... Um, I think we've been successful with the Grand Fondo because we put the rider as the hero in the event. Like, let's do everything we can to create one of the best days they've ever had on a bike. And we want to do the same thing in a marathon. And I know there's a ton of competition out there that's doing really cool stuff, but we have some cool surprises kind of planned where, you know, you may come around a corner and you might, you might get some music, live music, or, you know, and they do that with Rock and Roll Marathon in, in San Diego, and it's really popular and, like, you know, like borrowing from some of these things and making it really kind of a special event for, for things like that. We have a memorial mile that we're kind of working on, and we don't want to really say who it is, but you'd probably sit back and think, well, who are some of the marathoners that are not with us anymore? You know, who maybe some who had done the 20, 20 years and have passed on or had, you know. So, so we want to make it a connection back to the community. And, and um, it's, you know, I'm, I'm kind of the reluctant marathon owner because – I mean, I went into this because people were saying, please help us. This would be a great thing. It'd be a good combination for, you know, for us to work in a the, in the city. And um, I, I think logistically we know what we need to do. I've got this great group of the tour of, atop of Utah Marathon group that's, that's willing to help with everything and be a great advisor and stuff. And I think we have a good venue planned and scheduled. And um, this year is going to be important that we just really pull off a great event. So is it pretty unique that the the layout of the course where you start in in a downtown, you get that really cool downtown experience running through the historic district, and then you, you run out to the Wellsville's basically yeah. out, out to Menden, and you get to experience you know the, the Bear River, the, the dairy farms out there on your way to Menden, and then back. Is is that kind of a unique experience that you think is going to draw people out? Um, we're hoping. I mean, you know, it's. Uh, there, there are city marathons, you know, mm-hmm. that are very unique. You run through Chicago, San Diego, mm-hmm. Seattle, those kind of things. And then you have ones that are just out in the country. And, and the real popular ones right now are to bust people up a canyon and send them out. They're faster times and stuff. Um, we realize that that's something we're moving away from. Um, and there's some, maybe there's some risk with that. But it's funny. We've also had people say, I'm, I, can't come, I can't run out of a canyon anymore. My, my knees won't let me do it. Mm-hmm. I have to have a more flat surface. And... Um, and I need a time that's a little more realistic for what I'm going to do at Boston or other things like that too. And so I'm getting, we're getting kind of a mixed, mixed bag and, um, we're just hoping people will give it a try. And that's the other thing that, you know, we've, we've learned with doing the bike event is that, um, we're never going to please everybody and you're not going to get it perfect. You drew everything you can to make sure from a safety perspective and, and, um, communication stuff that this is close as possible. But you also listen, you know, and you just say, okay, what can we do differently and what can we do better and, and see if you can't, like, build some new ideas that come up. And so with that fear of a new event, also I think we may have a pretty good 
model for how to solicit that feedback and, and really to have a culture of listening. Um, and, and it all goes back to if we're really trying to create a great event for the runner, then it should be easy to listen and take a little criticism and make some changes. So why these large-scale outdoor recreation events? What's, what's the point? What, what do they do? Um, well, I think from a, on a personal level, it gives something to challenge, challenge you as an individual. Like, like I set a mar- goal at the end of the year, I'm going to run a marathon. I'm going to probably be eating healthier, working out. I'm going to be doing the type of things I, you know, I need to do to be healthier. Um, but, but then also being able to do something like this for a community, um, it brings people into the community, lets them see the beauty that's here. Um, from a financial economic perspective, there's no question these events have a positive impact on the community. Um, and, uh, and it also gives like the local vendors another opportunity to interact with maybe a different set of customers. Um, and like, you know, Al's has their group that come in for their running, running items all the time. And they're very loyal to Al's. Well, you know, you bring another 30, 40, 50, 60 people in for a marathon that have never been in there. Um, suddenly they're, I have a, I think have a better connection and expands their customer base. And, um, and I don't own hotels. I don't own bike shops. I don't own running stores and things like that. But the restaurants and people I talk to, they, they love the event. And, that, and you know, and, and the, the top of Utah in its heyday was, I think, close to 3,000 runners. And that was an economic, uh, positive economic impact that those, those businesses felt. And over, over the course of the last few years, it's, it's, it's about 10% of that now. It's a little over 10%. So our hope is if we can breathe some life back into this, do some new things with it, those numbers will come back up and this event will become something significant again and and have that positive that positive impact economically for the city and for the businesses that are here yeah i think it's interesting because i'm not a runner but as you describe kind of those some surprises at live event i think that there's something there i'm I'm actually interested in and being able yeah. to tag with you, like you suggested, I yeah. think you put a lot of faith. <laughs> well, look at me. Yeah, no, I'm not a runner, but and I have two artificial hips, so I don't get to run much anymore. But, but see, I, there's no reason why I couldn't do the 1K walk with right. like, like, a, you know, a grandchild or a niece or nephew or something like that. And, yeah. And that's another cool thing we're going to try to do is like we've had um, we've had a lot of success teaming up with some of the really good charities here locally. And, and we're very upfront. I mean, this is a for-profit thing for us. Like, it's it's it's. I'm a school teacher nine months out of the year. This is sort of how I can afford to keep being a, a school teacher, which I love doing, and 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 a, and a lacrosse coach. But um, part of uh, where we've been successful is teaming up with charities who also wanted to have some of the same goals, and they come out and help us in support stations and things. One of the ideas we have on the one miler. Is because it's kind of that kind of becomes a family distance, right? Yeah. So if mom's running the marathon, you can throw dad and the six-year-old, and then go either run it, walk it, skip it, jog it, you know, a mile. And then what what we've decided to do is that every runner, whether you're doing a marathon, the relay, a 10k, 5k, or the one miler, you get exactly the same thing. So you get a shirt, you get brunch, you get a cool medal, you you completed the Logan City Marathon event. Um, a lot of races go, that's crazy, because you can only charge $25 for a, for, a one, for, a, for a one miler. That's more than what all those things cost. Or that, that's, you know, that's less than all those things cost, right? So you're underwater when you do that. But what we've decided to do is to go out, and we're talking right now with three different sponsors, and, and asking them to cover the cost of the lunch, 
the shirt and the medal for anybody that comes in in the one mile event. And then 100% of the proceeds we collect will go right to the family place. And because that's a charity that we really, uh, we think does a lot of amazing and very good things. They're very, they're very well managed and they, um, they, they, they just do a great service for families and, and kids especially. Um, our hope is that that thing will just fill up. So no money will come to us, but everybody will have a great experience. And if you do come to run the 5, the 10, the relay, or the full marathon, um, you don't have to do it alone. It's something your family can come and yeah. be a part of. And you come across the finish line. And that was the other thing, too, as we were watching some of these races. I've been all around trying to learn how the good marathons work. You have this issue where you've got like this burst of your high-performance runners that come across Everybody's excited and they're cheering, genuine cheer, yay, and then and then it, they're gone, and then there's this lull, and then the next group comes in and it's about half as audible. Hey, yeah, you know, it's kind of forced. And the next group comes in and there's only a few people ringing bells and because your f- person's already come in, and then there's this lull, and then another group will come. And it's kind of this, this reverse crescendo, right, that goes on through the day, and, and eventually the person who needs people cheering them at the finish line Everybody's got their back turned, having a hot dog. Well, this person comes in and just kind of, I'm done, you know? And so what we figured is if we stagger these these things, our finish line will just be constant. So the one, so we'll do marathoners and relay and 10 and five and one in that order. And then the one milers will go out and they'll come across. They're really excited. Then the 5Ks will come across. Then the 10Ks. Then the marathoners and the, um, and the, uh, the relays will come across. And our hope is the energy just stays high on that on that finish line for as much of that morning as we possibly can. And then when they come across, dad can sit down and have the stacked thing with her son who had the crepes and they can sit down and just enjoy themselves that so they both completed a really cool event. So that's kind of the vision for it. And and um, as I've worked with the committee that we're that I've kind of pulled together and of runners and non runners and cyclists and local, you know, groups that it's like, hey, I think it's a great venue. Let's give it a shot. Let's see if it'll work. So hopefully everybody will find something they can enjoy. Sounds fun. Yeah. One thing I, I really love about both the events that you organize, both this uh, as well as the Grand Fondo, is is the focus on making an inclusive event. Yeah. Something that, you know, new riders, new runners, all the way to, to you know, semi-pros, pros can participate in, yeah. I think is really cool. Because ultimately, I, th- I think what's what's so important is encouraging participation in yeah. outdoor recreation and the benefit of that. And kind of the rising tide raises all boats, right? Yeah. Is if, if we create an environment where people feel comfortable participating in these events, it'll only help other events and, yeah, and help the community right. as a whole. So that's, that's one thing that I, I really love. And it sounds like that was a a conscious decision. Yeah, it was. And it's funny, it's, you know, you kind of get these things from your own personal experiences sometimes. I remember we lived in Seattle and and I had friends that were running 10Ks and 5Ks and half marathons. And, and you know, I've always been, a, I'm a football rugby lacrosse player, right? So like, I'm not a runner. I'm not built that way. And I'd go to these events. My wife was getting into marathons. I was so intimidated. And then my wife worked at Boeing and they had a Boeing fun run. And she's like, come on and go. It's a fun run nobody will care i go there and there's like everybody it's like like there's kids and skinny people fat people tall people i mean just everybody and um and i did the 5k and i remember finishing that thing and you get a little bit of that runner's high and you come across the finish line and everybody made me feel like i i had done something really cool didn't say oh you're just a 5 care you know i mean it's just like no you did it and i just went that is one of the coolest feelings i mean it's it, it builds you it gets you excited and 
and I started signing up for 5Ks and 10Ks after that and changed my perspective that anybody can do these things. You know, I mean, I was telling you earlier in the other podcast about this, this, this big couple that came across on, on, on one of my bike races. They had to have a custom-made bike so that they could handle their weight. He doesn't use that bike anymore. The bike's in the garage. I mean, he's on a, he's on a real bike now. And it's because he started something three years ago. And he's just, he's just doing it. And, um, and he's inspiring people all around him. And I'm like, how can you not be excited about something like that? So anyway, sorry. <laughs> what would you say? I'm going to, I'm going to take it a little different direction, but what would you say to people who want to start something or, or they're living here in our community and they maybe want to see a change? For example, I mean, you saw a need for a, a new type of bike race, yeah. uh, you know, or, or you saw an opportunity to step in and, and, and help take a, take a marathon and, and take it to a new level. What would you say to people who, who want to, maybe there isn't something for them, but they could potentially create it. What would you say to that person? You've, you've done that a couple times. You've taken something, you saw an opportunity yeah. and you just went for it and created a new, new opportunity that is giving people something really, really interesting and, and is changing lives in, in some respects. Yeah. Um, that, wow. That's, that's kind of a cool question. I, um, we were talking about this. Um, I have a, a, a brother-in-law that just moved down from Vancouver, Washington and and he came and experienced the Grand Fondo for his first time, right? His kids have helped and everything, but now, and he was just like, so how did this come about? And I said, well, we just started by getting a few people together and coming up with an idea and then, um, and then doing a tester and um, people got excited about it and then reaching out to people who had the resources to help. And, and um, like with, when we started the Grand Fondo, I had Logan Regional Hospital Intermountain Healthcare. They were, they were the resource piece that said, Hey, let's do this right, and we'll make the investment. You know, um, now I've been able to build Headspin Events, which is my event company, to the point where now I can do that with this marathon. I can say, hey, let's try to pump some breath back into this marathon because it's a great thing for us to have. Um, and uh, and and then it's really just asking people to be involved at the level that they feel comfortable being able to contribute. You know, I've been I've been approached as as a sponsor before, and you can only do this, and it's going to cost you five thousand dollars. And if you don't deliver it to me by Thursday, you you know you're gonna lose your spot. And I'm like, that's I think that's totally the wrong way to do it. Like, I have I have sponsors for my event that for the last nine years have never given me a penny, but they organize or they they send volunteers or they come to our our um, finish line and they hand out ice creams or they do something that they can afford, they can uniquely contribute. And, um, and I, I mean, I've had people say, you're crazy to have 45 sponsors for your bike event. I'm like, but why? If everybody can contribute in a way that gives, gives that rider a better experience, then, then why shouldn't we have 55 or 65? And so I think part of the, and the other thing too is, is trying to avoid the exclusivity thing as well. I mean, with Logan Regional Hospital, they are our medical provider for the event. And they're just, they, there's some tradition there, right? But I don't try to exclude anybody else. It's just that's the way it is. Like, I even had a couple of bike shops say, hey, we want to be the only bike shop. And I said, I'm sorry. I don't want to lose what your involvement. But I don't think that's, that's not what we're trying to do. We're trying to create something that, that everyone can benefit from. Now, what you can do is be more competitive than the other bike shop. And you can do more things for our riders. And, you know, you'll get much, much more recognition and publicity. But, but that's kind of the way it should work, right, I think. So, um, and then I think another piece is just realizing that marketing is really powerful. I mean, you've got to get the word out there. And, and um, 
um, tell you, man, social media is just an amazing, amazing tool now. And I still, I mean, I think I'm a pioneer and I still don't understand it, but I've got people coming to our event that I've never talked to. I, I'm not, you know, I'm, I'm asking every question, like, how are you finding out about our event? And, and it, it's, it's the new word of mouth. And if you do a great job, then it goes like wildfire. And if you do a crappy job, then it does the same thing too. So, um, I don't know. I don't know if that answers your question, but that's kind of a, that's, I, that's why I think that I think anybody could do it. I mean, it's, but it's being inclusive and, and sort of wanting to do something bigger than just, I mean, we never set out on any of this stuff to make money. It was never that. In fact, I didn't for when the hospital, when I left the hospital, I said, what are you going to do with this grand fund? And they're like, we don't know. That's not really what we do. I mean, and I, and I said, well, you got 680 riders. You can't just abandon it. So let me buy it from you, you know? So for a couple of years we did, we lost money. We worked our tails off and didn't make anything. And, um, now it's finally starting to, to produce something, but, um, I, you know, and, and, uh, I know it doesn't sound like a really smart businessman perspective, but not really, I mean, I know where my numbers are. I know where it flows, but the motivation is more to create and build and do something unique each year than it is to, we have to make this much money. Yeah. I think that's great advice. And as you're telling the story of that that man on the bike right like you, we saw the emotion mm-hmm. so i think a lot of that is the passion of a greater cause and finding yeah. people that are like that with you so i think that's i, mean, I think that's my greatest fear is that someday i, I, I i'd lose that you know um i mean i didn't sleep i, I was up for 65 straight hours doing the, the grand fondo right and there's a combination of rock stars and you know <laughs> a lot of other things keeping me going but um, what really kept me going was just seeing people come and being a part of it and the energy that was there and, 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 and seeing the volunteers. And then, you know, you, you don't sleep that long. You start getting kind of emotional. And there's sometimes I had to kind of step aside and go, wow, there's a hundred people here all pitching in to make this a cool event. And, and, um, you know, we, and we, and we're pretty straight up with our volunteers. Like we, we, we pay most of our volunteers too, you know, and, or we do some, something like that. And, um, but they're still there, you know, giving it a hundred percent. And so, um, it does, it means a lot. Yeah. I guess my, my intention with that question was I wanted to tease out some of those lessons that, that you've learned and, and hopefully inspire someone out there. I don't, for example, why don't we have a statewide rock climbing competition yeah. or right? a competitive rock climbing competition? Got a great rock climbing community here. What, what is the next thing that someone could come out and start by seeing, Oh, one person with a really great team came out and started a really cool yeah. marathon. What's the next outdoor event or competition that, that we'd like to see here in the Valley? And, and hopefully someone can, can go and create that. Well, I but think, I think it's, it is, it's kind of unlimited. Who would have thought that they'd be doing these, these mud races or these, mm-hmm. these Spartan things or throwing colors like they do in India at race. I mean, somebody can come up with a cool idea. And I, I think that's a piece of it too, is that people are looking for something new, like, uh, there's a lot of rides and events and races, marathons that are that are go- falling by the wayside. It's because they're not they're not iterating, they're not changing, they're not trying to do new things. And and um, and I think that's that's pretty critical. Like like we have we have a um, I mean I teach a, a marketing creative branding class, and so I have this session on design and how you use design to be innovative. And I'll pull our whole family and team together and say, okay, we're doing a we're doing a creative brainstorming session. Let's just crash this thing. Let's 
our event last year was our prototype. Let's break it. Let's figure out where it was screwed up. Let's try to see if there's a way that we can tighten things up and make them work. I'm, we're, uh, I mean, this is, this is not, this is our, also a whole fun component on this, but we're already scheduled to work the um, registration with Lodija because I want my wife to see how, how Lodija works and because we got to learn from them and doing things. We're going to be in, in, um, in uh, Europe next year. We got invited by a couple of the events that are in our, nas- our worldwide series on our bike event to come and see how they handle 7,800 riders in, in a hamlet in central England. Like you, you talk about a nightmare of closing towns down and streets and things like that, but they figure it out. We'll never have to do that here. But if I can, we can learn from them, then, you know, we're just going to, it's just going to be better. So you mentioned this a little bit and I don't know how, how much you can say, but what are your goals and aspirations for the Logan marathon? Um, you mentioned some different certifications, mm-hmm. uh, potentially Boston. We don't want to yeah. set the expectation. Yeah. I you mentioned that we're before, working but, on that. That but, I can say, <laughs> but, but what are your, your goals? Where would you like to see it? Uh, I'd like to see it back where it was, where it used to be like, you know, uh, we know that the valley can handle 2,500 runners. Uh, it's it's and putting them on, you know, 13 miles out and 13 miles back is not going to close anything down. Like even the road that we're going on, it can be it can be managed and will not be closed down. Um, and there are two other very easy access roads that can take people back into those communities. So um, I I think we could I think we have the potential of getting there. We're going to have to do some cool new stuff that maybe has never been done before. This year, we just have to put on as perfect an event as possible. Timing has to be perfect. The food has to be perfect. The rider has to feel like they're the center of the event. It's not about us. It's about them. If we can do that this year, I think things will, it'll start to, um, the word will get out that if you want to go do a fun event where you're the hero or you're, uh, it's definitely not a waste of time, money, or your work, you know, your investment that, that it'll do, they'll do that. And I, I think that's, um, I think we have a great opportunity to do that. Can you tell us a little bit about the running community here in Cache Valley? Kind of, I mean, for those maybe who come into the valley, maybe a student who moves in here, what, what is the state of that here in the valley? What does that look like? Is there a strong running community, a running culture? Well, you know, th- there is. I mean, there. I don't know how the t- the top of Utah to have three thousand mm-hmm. runners and. Now the half is probably twenty five hundred. So it's mm-hmm. they're there and they're passionate and they're strong. I mean, all you got to do is is go to work early, you know, mm-hmm. any day of the week. And you, I mean, there's runners all yeah. over the place, and and I think it's 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 because it's it's a great place to train. I mean, we're at elevation, right? So I talk to people like like you know how much of an advantage you have training at five thousand feet. And then dropping in and doing the San Diego Marathon, or dropping in and doing one in Seattle, or or even Boston, right? Um, and uh, we cool down at night, so you can do a night run, a morning run. You're not always in the heat of the day. Um, there's there's so many places where you can get a little kicker, get a little hill and elevation, or you can just flat it out too. And so, um, and and what I've experienced is everybody that 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 I've been able to interact in the running community and, and I'm not saying I know all of them I really don't in fact that I'm hoping to get to know them like I do the cycling community but they're wonderful they have they have these incredible goals in life and they just they never let them go they just like I did it last year and this time now I'm going to go for the next time and now I'm going to try to go run Kilimanjaro or do something crazy like that and I love being around people like that I think that's that outside outside men's or mindset that 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 is so infectious right that i'm 
Um, I'm setting goals for myself personally. I'm, I'm trying to do something more than just exist. I, I, wanna, I wanna be outside, I wanna be involved, I wanna be accomplishing things. And I see that on, this, on a cycling side and it's so inspiring. And I used to be a runner. I, I have a hip disease. I end up having, I have two metal hips now. So I'm really not a runner anymore, but I, I, I love that community and I, I think I understand it. Um, but I also, I'm, uh, I also know there's a lot I don't know. And so I, I'm, I'm really fortunate to be able to work with the top of Utah crew that are still super supportive and, and giving me a lot of great advice, whispering in my ear, recognizing it's my event, but also being bold and saying, hey, don't do that. That's, you think that's cool, the runners won't like that. You know, and, and hopefully I'm humble enough to just to be smart and say, oh, yeah. So. Yeah, and I think you see people running and being outside all year long here in the Valley. Yeah. And even even if you're not running competitively, like I've never done that, but I used to run to work, right? Like I would take the summers to run up the Temple Hill and then run up Old Main oh, Hill, yeah. and, and it felt good. And I only did it, you know, three, four months out of the year. Yeah. But it, when you're doing that, you just see people that that have yeah. that goal or, or whatever. And they're all, like you said, all shapes and sizes. So well, I think we, you're right. I think the we, shot here. A, we shot an email. It was more tongue in cheek than anything to my database of, of riders. Like when we were first trying to get some of those initial numbers in. And I just, I started off by saying that um, 95, 95% of all cycling households also have a runner. And I disclaimed it and said, I don't have any facts <laughs> behind this, but it's got to sound like it's it sounds true, right. right? Yeah, it feels good. You know, and, and send it out and just say, hey, we're doing this marathon. We'd be happy to give you guys a discount if you have runners in your, and just boom, 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 boom. And more interestingly enough was the comments I got back. Like that was a gutsy move. You know, I wasn't even going to open that and because I'm not a runner, but my wife is or my son is or my daughter is or, or I, I cross train. You know, after Logan to Jackson's over, I'll, I'll cross train. That's the thing. This is like the week after Logan to Jackson, and you got all these highly, just highly fit um, people in the valley, and they're sick of having their butt on a seat. And so I'm going to have an appeal to them and just say, hey, you're done. Put the bike in the rafters, come out and run the marathon, challenge yourself, see if you can do it. Um, and, and maybe we'll just do a special class just for cyclists. Like, come out, run the, and, and think about the economic hit from that. Like, I got to have new shoes. I'm going to have to have new shorts. You know, I mean, who, you know, now we've just created another reason for having economic, economic, uh, uh, event. So I don't know. It's, it may, and it may flop. And if it does, it, it's, it's not going to hurt anything. So, so not, not the event, but that little promotion. Yeah, that you know what I mean? yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we've kind of bounced a little bit back and forth and, and we had you on a previous podcast talking about the cash grand fondo bike race what's the biggest difference that you've seen as the race director between getting a bike race going mm -hmm. and getting a you know a, a marathon going what what are the differences that is in such organizing? a cool question because uh um i was looking at this even this morning as i was kind of getting ready for this is uh so i set out over 240 linear miles of course right i have to make sure that there's no construction and chip sill and I have to sweep corners. I mean, hundreds of corners. And I take this big old blower that just like blow you off your feet, but it'll just, it'll blow gravel off a corner just like that, right? And, and, and um, so I'll go out like four or five days just trying to clean the course. Do you know how excited I am about only 13 linear miles out and back? I mean, it's just like, I just can't even imagine it, right? I had hundreds of signs for, 
for my event because every corner has to be marked two and three times sometimes because somebody's riding 100 miles their brain's not quite there i mean you're thinking about competition and you can't just have a little sign on the road you just you know so so from a signage perspective from the from the mile of support um the number of communities we have to go through i mean it's logan college ward or young ward and then mending them back right so mm-hmm. so i've already been to their city council and been to them set with the sheriffs and talked about you know what we do there so that that's one area i'm like oh that's gonna be nice now the difference is though i put support stations every 20 miles in my events right and they have to be big and well supported and have the right amount of porta potties and water and all that stuff i have to do them every two miles and in the last mm-hmm. miles i have to do them every mile like because you know you're kicking 22 miles you need water, especially as it gets warmer, you need water at the next mile. And, and so that part kind of freaks me out a little bit because there's so much work that goes into support stations. Um, trash is another thing. Like I have no trash on my event because everybody carries their own water bottle. If you take a goo or a pack or chomps or something, you know, most riders know you eat it and you put it back in your pocket and you come and throw it in the trash. And so we have trash at the support stations. Well, you know, you've seen marathons, like everybody's got a cup and they're carrying and throwing it, you know, so so that that's probably something. Um, also recognizing that what a rider may love and enjoy maybe is gonna be different from what a what a, a, a runner will. Here's a weird one somebody told me the other day, and I'm, I'm now trying to figure out if this is really true or not, but don't give me a shirt that has a whole bunch of um, logos and, and printing on it because I want it to breathe, because you're, you're buying a, a dry fit shirt that breathes and if you clog it up with a whole bunch of ink, it it's ineffective. I'm like, wow, I never would have thought about that. I, mm. I would have loaded something on the shoulders and done something cool down the back, and they're like, nah, maybe something on the side or you know, something like that. And Interesting. That, that's better. And um, one thing that was kind of cool, we came across the Grand Fondo, actually looking for things to do for runners, and these little things called bib boards. And um, you know, you buy a $30 running shirt or a $70 biking jersey. And then they hand you safety pins to put your bib numbers on. And you can't ride unless you have your bibs. Well, same thing in a run. So there's this company that's designed this little thing. It's not magnetic. It's like a little push thing that you put the front on and you pop the back in. And then it holds it on there. It won't tear your shirt. There's no magnets. It doesn't rub against your body at all. Um, And um, so we got those for the bikers. Bikers thought that was the coolest thing in the world. And we're going to transition that to to the marathon so people get those little cool build bib boards instead of pinning up and ruining a shirt you know so um but yeah so those are those are some of the things i know now you know now here's the other cool thing is is as i picked up items from the marathon when i bought it i got some really cool equipment that i never had for for um, the grand fondo that i used this year that made things so much easier same thing i'm just loading stuff into the storage unit going all that that will be perfect for the marathon on that you know this is something that that will add a cool thing to the run that i'll bet runners have never seen before because it's unique to a bike event you know so and once again if nobody cares about it or doesn't like it then we just won't put it back in next mm-hmm. time so does that kind of answer the yeah question? no yeah. that's great, that's great. Yeah. yeah so if someone wants to get involved help out sponsor what, how, what, um, do they do? what do they do simple just website it's either logan city marathon or the logan marathon um, I'm about two weeks away from having loganmarathon.com being being handed back over to us. Um, and um, so, yeah, just, just think Logan City Marathon or the Logan Marathon. Oh, you can Google it, too. It, it, it pops right up when you put Logan and Marathon together. 
Um, and we're trying to do a lot of stuff on Facebook and social media. You can find us there too. But uh, we have a place for people to volunteer. We have a place for people to, um, if they have questions, they can shoot them. And it comes to me directly. So um, I try to answer everything as fast as I possibly can. So Awesome. And we're already, cool. we're already past the numbers they were last year. So it's going to be a fun event. Come out and give us a try. It's, and that's really all we're asking is, like, give us a try. Uh, we'll, we'll throw everything we can into it. And, and then if we, don't, if we don't do it right, you don't have to come back next year. But I think most people will come back. I really do. And they'll hopefully give us feedback on things we can do to make it better. So September 21st, right? September 21st, yeah. Same date as the tour of Utah or t- top of Utah. Wow. Can you tell the tour of Utah is yeah. coming to town yeah. soon, right? <laughs> yeah. 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 It's another event that we've kind of been involved with that has been really – it's been really cool to just see how the energy's flowing for that. So, well, Troy, cool thanks for joining us here on the Highlander Pod. Yeah, Troy thanks Oldham. what you guys do. I think it's pretty important that we're we're recognizing how awesome it is here in the valley, and especially for outdoor activities. And um, like, love I love seeing vision of you know people saying, "Hey, we got more here than I think what we realize." And 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 I see it when I have people come in the valley for my events, and they just stand back and go, "Wow," you know. I mean, imagine getting on a bike in downtown Salt Lake and saying, I want to go do 50 miles, okay? You're going to cross highways and major roads and get hit by cars or almost hit by cars, and then you might get out into the country, and then you're going to fight a headwind coming back. And, you know, I mean, I, I'm, I'm painting kind of an ugly picture, but, but in a major metro city, it's hard to get out and see what they have here. I don't know if you've noticed it, but, you know, at the top, at the, as you're going out of the canyon, Sardine Canyon, there's usually five or six, seven, eight cars that are just parked up there in that kind of park and ride. Um, and those are guys taking bikes off their, their trucks and they're saying, I just need 50 miles of clean, clear air that I can go. And I think people are seeing the same thing with the running and stuff and just the lack of congestion and, um, and friendly people. And and plenty of trails and all that. So I think the Valley's a great place to be. So get outside and enjoy it. Thanks for listening to the Highlander podcast. For more outdoor stories and content, connect with us on highlandermag.com. Thank you.